Hey y'all, it's your girl Mish and welcome to a new year of the episode Love Mish Podcast where I share my thoughts, opinions, and ramblings and sometimes I'll have guests but no subject is off limits. It's a billion people in the world and I'm just one of them. So welcome to my world and let the conversation continue. Hey loves, welcome to another episode of the Love Niche Podcast. And on today's episode, we will be talking about holidays. So if you live in America, pretty sure you do, or anywhere, because this is global, Walmart, any store really, you walk in, you see decorations everywhere for whatever holiday is in that particular month. It is, it's commercial. It's really for commercial reasons, but there are really religious reasons behind holidays that they kind of change to commercialize them. But for example, before Christmas is even over, there's New Year's, which I understand because you have Christmas, you need to hurry up and get your, you know, your party gear together for New Year's. But now they have, you'll see the Valentine's Day stuff right next to the New Year's stuff, right next to the Mardi Gras stuff, right next to the St. Patrick's stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> the Easter stuff is up in the stores right now, you guys. And I'm pretty sure before I turn around, I'm going to see turkeys, pumpkins, costumes, and back to Christmas. It's like, can we really take a moment? really absorb the energy of the holiday and just chill in that zone before you are ready to check us out at the cash register for the next holiday i mean guys it's just it's really getting out of hand and you guys probably will remember this growing up like it would literally be christmas trees and christmas lights and that's all you see for a while then you see you know new year's day you see February Valentine's Day it, it gradually took its time like you actually had time to come back to the store and catch the sales 50% off 75% off 90% off now and they just shipping it packaging it back up putting it back in the stock room ready for the next holiday like they're literally side by side I honestly said to myself it just needs to stay up they need to just have a section in the store called holidays all the stuff stay there year-round. There's no need to change it because they change so fast. They really do change so fast. Um, but I'm excited to dig into this episode because the more and more I learn about spirituality on my personal journey, I start to tackle different subjects and dig deeper into them because I feel like I only know things from a surface level or you know, just from the spiritual background that I've had. So I'm starting to widen or broaden um, my knowledge base on different subjects. Now that I'm open to different cultures and different learnings, I'm not in a box anymore. So I want to kind of observe or learn or digest all there is to learn and then take what resonates with me or what sits well with me or what's on my path. Um, for now, which I think is totally fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I like to start with definitions, of course. So dictionary.com is my absolute favorite. You look up holiday. It tells you, I thought this was very, very, very interesting. 
origin of the holiday before 1950, Middle English, Old English, holiday to see Holy Day. So it definitely looks like holy, H-O-L-I. But if you study etymology, they let you know, or if you already have been into etymology, you would have already put that together, holy day. They, we don't even resonate it as a holy day. It's just holiday. So us buying all this stuff and partying, da, 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 they're not holy at all. They're literally festivals, parties, marketing, one-on-one for businesses. They're definitely capitalizing 100% off of this. Um, so I look into holiday a little bit more. A day fixed by law or custom on which ordinary businesses are suspended in commemoration of some event or honor of a person, an exemption from work, a time or period from the requirement of duty for a festival or some type of a joyous occasion, um, such as a holiday or vacation. And let's see here. Okay, so it told me about Britain. It's basically the same. So now that we have holiday defined, we're going to tackle New Year's, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, April Fool's, Easter Sunday, Cinco de Mayo, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas Day. New Year's. This is coming from ancientorigins.net. On the 1st January every year, many countries around the world celebrate the beginning of New Year. But there's nothing new about New Year's. In fact, festivals and celebrations marking the beginning of the calendar have been around for thousands of years. While some festivals were simply a chance to drink and be merry, many other New Year's celebrations were linked to agricultural or astronomical events. In Egypt, for instance, the year began with the annual flooding of the Nile, which coincided with the rising of the star Cyrus. The Phoenicians and Parisians began the new year with the spring equinox, and the Greeks celebrate, celebrated it on the winter solstice. The first day of the Chinese New Year, meanwhile, occurred with the second new moon after the winter solstice. The earliest recorded New Year's festivity dates back some 4,000 years to ancient Babylon, and it was deeply intertwined with religion and mythology. For the Babylonians of ancient Mesopotamia, the first new moon following the vernal equinox, the day in late March, with an equal amount of sunlight and darkness, hurled the start of New Year and represented the rebirth of natural world. They marked the occasion with a massive religious festival called Akitu, derived from the Sumerian word for barely, which was cut in the spring, that involved a different ritual of each of its 11 days. During the Akitu, statues of the gods were paraded through the city streets, and rites were enacted to symbolize their victory over the forces of chaos. 
Through these rituals, the Babylonians believe the world was symbolically cleansed and recreated by the gods in preparation for the new year and the return of spring. In addition to the new year, Atiku celebrated the mythical victory of the Babylonian sky god Marduk over the evil sea goddess Tiamat and served an important political purpose. It was during this time that a new king was crowned or that the current ruler's divine mandate was renewed. Ancient Romans celebrate celebration of Janus. The Roman New Year also originally corresponded with the, Vernic, the, with the vernal equinox. The early Roman calendar consisted of 10 months and 304 days, with each new year beginning at the, ver, at the vernal equinox. According to the tradition, the calendar was created by Romulus, the founder of Rome in the 8th century BC. However, over the centuries, the calendar fell out of sync with the sun. And in 46 BC, the emperor Julius Caesar decided to solve the problem by consulting with the most prominent astronomers and mathematicians of his time. He introduced the Julian calendar, a solar-based calendar, which closely resembles the more modern Gregorian calendar that most countries around the world use today. As part of his reform, Caesar instituted January 1st as the first day of the year, partially to honor the month's namesake, Janus, the Roman god of change and beginnings, whose two faces allowed him to look back into the past and forward into the future. This idea became, began, became tied to the concept of transition from one year to the next. Romans would celebrate January 1st by offering sacrifices to Janus in hopes of gaining good fortune for the new year, decorating their homes with laurel branches and attending parties. This day was seen as setting the stage for the next 12 months and it was common for friends and neighbors to make a positive start to the year by exchanging well wishes and gifts of figs and honey with one another. So, I mean, wasn't that interesting? January. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. Janice, the Roman god of change. I have never heard of that, you guys. Janice, January. The things that make you go, hmm. Valentine's Day has a lot. I have three articles. The first one is from amp.insider.com. Even though Valentine's Day has emerged as a kind of hallmark holiday that celebrates love and romance with candy and chocolate, it's not entirely clear how this came to be. According to the History Channel, there were three separate St. Valentines, all who were martyrs. The first Valentine was a priest in the time of Emperor Claudius in the 3rd century Rome. Claudius reportedly banned marriage, but Valentine defied him, secretly marrying couples anyway. 
Legend has it that his superstitious activity was discovered and that he was put to death for it on February 14th. Oh my God. Oh my God. Banished marriage. You continue to marry people. Beautiful, joyous occasion of linking two people together. And you're killed and they make a fucking holiday out of it? This is insane, you guys. Another Valentine is believed to have helped Christian prisoners escape from harsh Roman prisons. He was also killed for his actions on February 14th. His love of Christians and releasing them from harsh prisons resulted in his death. And what day did they decide to kill him? February 14th. National holiday of love. Another legend still is about an imprisoned Valentine that fell in love with a woman, perhaps the jailer's daughter, and sent her the first Valentine card signed from your Valentine. But whether St. Valentine was killed for performing secret marriages or for helping people escape from abusive prisons or was in prison himself, no story explains why we celebrate the holiday the way we do. That's article one. Article number two is from timeanddate.com. There are a number of saints called Valentine who are honored on February 14th. The day became associated with romantic love in the Middle Ages in England. This may have followed on from the pagan fertility festivals that were held all over Europe as winter came to an end. Traditionally, lovers exchanged handwritten notes Commercial cards became available in the mid-19th century. The most common Valentine's Day symbols are the heart, red and pink, pictures of the model Cupid. Cupid is usually portrayed as a small winged feature with a bow and arrow. In mythology, he uses his arrow to strike the hearts of people. People who have fallen in love are sometimes said to be struck by Cupid's arrow. Other symbols of Valentine's Day are couples in loving embraces and the gifts of flowers, chocolate, roses, and lingerie that couples often give each other. And St. Valentine's Day or Valentine's Day is a holiday on February 14th. This is, I'm sorry, from listverse.com. It is the traditional day on which lovers express their love for each other, sending Valentine's Day cards or candy. The holiday is named after two men, both Christian martyrs, among the numerous early Christian martyrs named Valentine. The day became associated with romantic love in the circle of the Middle Ages when the tradition of courtly love flourished. I'm actually going to look up Cupid a little bit more. Because I didn't really give a lot on that one. This is coming from refinery29.com. 
Okay, so the origins are from Greece and Rome. It all started with Eros, Cupid's Greek counterpart. Eros was a winged god of love, fertility, and passion. Armed with golden arrows to inspire love and leading arrows to inspire hate. Oh my God. He treated the mortals of Greece like his playthings magically enticing conflicts and unions for his own amusement. If Eros sounds like a real jerk, then you're right. But he got a taste of his own medicine when he accidentally struck himself with a golden arrow and fell in love with the mortal Psyche. So how did we get the name Cupid? The ancient Roman god of love was named Cupid but he bears a striking resemblance to Eros. Wings check, arrows check. Irresponsible and careless attitude towards other people's feelings check. However, where Eros caused drama of all kinds, Cupid only inspired armorous feelings amongst his targets. Gone were Eros' laden arrows in exchange for a whole quiver full of passionate love. Although Eros was portrayed as a handsome young man, irresistible to men and gods alike, Cupid underwent a bit of reverse aging. <laughs> that would make him Benjamin Button proud. By the time the Hellenistic period rolled around, Cupid was almost solely depicted as a cherub. Or for the art buffs among us, Poto, that we know today. It's not totally clear why Cupid transformed in such a way, but our guess is that it's easier to forgive an emotional manipulator when he looks like a sweet little baby. As for his connection to Valentine's Day, he was simply an obvious choice, given the fact that he evolved into a general symbol for love <laughs> and that the Easter Bunny was already taken. This is awesome, Mom. This was awesome. So when I did my podcast on angels, they were called cherub as well. So usually cherub are, I haven't seen an angel baby when I was looking through my angels. They didn't really talk about angel babies, but Cupid obviously is a baby with wings. So OMG. So again, well, I will say in, in our commercialized Valentine's Day, you do see Cupid in the arrows of love so they did kind of keep we did kind of keep that but they don't really dig into the history of it so that's v-day love day next up saint patrick's day saint patrick's day i'm sorry this is from liver listverse.com listverse.com saint patrick's day saint patty's day or patty's day is an annual feast day which celebrates St. Patrick, one of the patron saints of Ireland. It takes place on the 17th of March, the date on which Patrick is held to have died. It became a feast day in the Roman Catholic Church due to the influence of Waterford-born Franciscan scholar Luke Wedding in the early part of the 17th century. 
and is a holy day of obligation for Roman Catholics in Ireland. The date of the feast is occasionally moved by church authorities due to the clashes with Holy Week. This last happened in 1940 when St. Patrick's Day was observed on April 3rd in order to avoid colliding with Palm Sunday and will happen again in 2008 when it shall be held on March 15th to avoid Holy Monday. St. Patrick was a Christian missionary and is the patron saint of Ireland along with Brigid of Kildare and Columba. Patrick was born in Roman Britain in the 3rd or 4th century. When he was about 16, he was captured by Irish raiders and taken as a slave to Ireland, where he lived for six years before escaping and returning to his family. He entered the church as his father and grandfather had before him, becoming a deacon and bishop. He later returned to Ireland as a missionary working in the north and west of Ireland. Okay, St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, remembers one of Ireland's patrons, St. Patrick. It is largely celebrated in Irish-American culture in the United States. St. Patrick is one of Ireland's patron saints. Many Americans with Irish ancestry remember him on March 17th. Patrick's Day is fixed on March 17th, but may occasionally be moved by the Catholic Church authorities. The most common St. Patrick's Day symbol is the shamrock. The shamrock is a leaf of the clover plant and a symbol of the Holy Trinity. Other symbols include almost anything green, the green, orange, and white flag of the Republic of Ireland, brads of beer associated with the Irish culture, Religious symbols include snakes and serpents. Other symbols seen on St. Patrick's Day include the harp, which was used in Ireland for centuries, as well as a leprechaun and a pot of gold that it hides. And that was from thedatontime.com. Now we have amp.insider.com. St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day is polarizing, is a polarizing holiday. While most see it as a day to drink beer that's green and celebrate all things Irish, in fact, it was created to honor the death of St. Patrick, a Patreon saint of Ireland. St. Patrick's life wasn't particularly happy either. He was kidnapped and sold into slavery in Ireland at age 16 and later escaped, but eventually returned to Ireland as an adult and is credited with bringing Christianity to the Emerald Isle. While Ireland is one of the only countries to peacefully convert to Christianity, it still bears remembering that much of their culture was wiped out once they assimilated. Oh my God, y'all. It's like, let's move into, you know, their land peacefully. And then wipe them out. It's very sneaky. It's like a Trojan horse. I wonder if Christianity is like a trojan horse okay so it didn't really talk about leprechauns and pot of gold so let's dig a little bit more um ancient history of saint patrick's day see you just have to they don't give it to you up front you have to freaking dig (laughs) 
Indig, indig, indig. Today, Saint, this is from ScienceMadeFun.net. Today, St. Patrick's Day is a transcendental celebration for Irish culture. It's filled with festivi- festivities, foods, and traditions amidst the millions of people um, that wear green to celebrate the Irish. If you know the reason behind many popular St. Patrick's Day traditions, have you ever wondered why we wear green or tell stories about the leprechaun or display shamrocks and pinch our friends on St. Patrick's Day? Why green? According to some accounts, blue is the first color associated with St. Patrick's Day, but that started to change in the 17th century. Green is one of the colors of Ireland's tricolor flag, and it happens to be used in the flag of several Irish revolutionary groups throughout history. Ireland is the Emerald Isle, so named for its lush green landscape. Green is also the color of spring, the Shamrock and the Chicago River, which the Midwestern city has dyed green on St. Patrick's Day for over 400 odd years. Pinch me, I'm Irish. Forget to wear green on St. Patty's Day. Don't be surprised if you get pinched. No surprise. It's an entirely American tradition that probably started in the 1700s. Revelers thought wearing green made one invisible of leprechauns, fairy creatures who would pinch anyone they could see, anyone not wearing green. People began pinching those who didn't wear green as a reminder that leprechauns would sneak up and pinch green abstainers. Leprechauns, pots of gold, and rainbow. Just what does a mythical leprechaun look like and why are they so special? A leprechaun looks like a little old man and dresses like a shoemaker with a crooked hat and leather apron. According to Irish folklore, leprechauns were cranky tricksters who you wouldn't want to mess with. They live alone and pass the time by mending the shoes of Irish fairies. According to the legend, the fairies pay the leprechaun for their work with golden coin which the little people collect in large pots, the famous pot of gold often associated with leprechauns. The legend says that if you catch a leprechaun, you can force him to tell you where his pot of gold is. Supposedly, the pot of gold is hidden at the end of the rainbow. Because you can never find the end of a rainbow, you can't get the pot of gold. To get the gold, you first get to catch the little you first have to catch the little leprechaun. The cheerful, friendly little elf most Americans associate with St. Patty's Day stems from the 1959 Walt film, Walt Disney film called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. The Americanized, good-natured leprechaun soon became a symbol of St. Patrick's Day in Ireland in general. In general. And I've noticed that. I'm going to do an episode on Walt Disney's as many movies as I can look up. 
because they usually have dark, dark, dark backgrounds and Disney just uses his alchemy and transforms them into wonderful little stories. Like the Little Mermaid was not anything like the movie they portrayed, you know? It's a dark story, but I and, and maybe he changed it for the kids. But again, research is important. You research on top of research on top of research on top of research and take what resonates with you. So the shamrocks and the four leaf clover. According to Irish legend, St. Patrick chose a three leaved clover or shamrock as a symbol of the church's holy trinity. Because of its three leafless bound by a common stalk. A shamrock is not a four-leaf clover contrary to popular belief. Although clovers are most often found in nature with three leaves, rare four-leaf clovers do exist. Finding one is thought to bring someone extreme luck. The folklore for the four-leaf clover differs from that of the shamrocks due to the fact that it has no religious illusions associated with it. It's believed that each leaf of a four-leaf clover represents something different first is hope second is faith third is love and fourth is happiness oh my god i just bought a bed set <laughs> and oh my god that's what it says the good luck attached to the four-leaf clover predates christianity in ireland back to the ancient druid priest so I know through time we come up with different religions and things like that. That's why I don't really stick with religion. This just said it predates Christianity back to the Druid priest. In Christianity, they say faith, hope, and love. We just read four of them. So you dropped one and you only consider faith, hope, and love. This says first hope, second faith, third love, fourth happiness. I don't think I want hope, faith, or love if it's not happy. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, my God. You don't have to be Irish to have some hands-on fun um, for holiday. The next one says, Kiss Me, I'm Irish. The popular Kiss Me, I'm Irish saying is reference to Blarney Stone. The Blarney Stone is the stone of eloquence in a Blarney castle. Legend holds that kissing the stone brings good luck. And it gives you the ability to never be lost for words, becoming a smooth talker, so to speak. If you can't make it to Ireland to kiss the actual stone, conviction says the next best option is to kiss an Irishman. No snakes in Ireland. Another St. Patrick's myth is the claim that he banished snakes from Ireland. It's true no snakes exist on the island today. But they never did. Ireland, after all, is surrounded by icy ocean waters. Much too cold to allow snakes to migrate from Britain or anywhere else. But since snakes often represent evil in literature, when Patrick drives the snakes out of Ireland, it is symbolically saying he drove the old evil pagan way out of Ireland and brought in a new age. The snake myth was likely spread by well-meaning monks century after St. Patrick's died. So again, you can't take everything at face value. Literally saying no snakes in Ireland, it just told you based on the temperature and surrounded by water, okay, why would snakes be there? But he didn't mean it literally. He used it, you know, figuratively. 
taking the evil ways out and bringing in the new. And that's what the whole Christians thought that they were doing, going from place to place. And who are you to say what we're doing is bad or evil? I just feel like who put you in charge and made you God? What if your way is evil and we need to change you? I just kind of sit back and question the whole thing. That's like me telling a parent you're parenting wrong. And I don't have one lick of child. Who am I to come in and tell you that what you've been doing for 10, 12, 13 years is wrong? No lick of experience. Being an auntie and godmama don't count. Because we get hella breaks. That shit never ends. I, I just had the kids the weekend and I'm tired. Um, so I don't know. The whole Christian thing, I, I just be scratching my head. It was a lot of killing in the, in the name of Christ and Christianity. And I don't know if I want to really go behind something with so much bloodshed. It was ridiculous. Okay. So the next one says, the luck of the Irish. Want to get lucky this St. Practice Day? If so, follow these rules. Find a four-leaf clover, wear green so you don't get pitched. Kiss the Blarney Stone and catch a leprechaun if you can. There are many traditions associated with St. Patrick's Day, regardless of your actual heritage. We all embrace our inner Irishman or woman on St. Patrick's Day. Looking for more ways to have fun this holiday? Check out these resources. So I'm going to have this link. This one was really, really fun and more informative to me than the others. And that completes um, St. Patty's Day. So we'll move on to the next one. Hey y'all, it's your girl Mish, and welcome to a new year of the episode Love Mish Podcast, where I share my thoughts, opinions, and ramblings, and sometimes I'll have guests, but no subject is off limits. It's a billion people in the world, and I'm just one of them. So welcome to my world, and let the conversation continue. Thanks a million for listening. You can reach me on all other social media platforms by visiting my link tree which is luv.mesh i hope you have a better than great day love you talk to you later Mwah. bye